Hey everybody, welcome back to Arcade Cozy, the coziest game room on the inter internet. Internet. My name is Chris. Internet. My name is Corey. Internet. <laughs> internet. We're back on the internet again. Um, Corey, yeah, I I don't I feel I feel like I've gotten into my head about it. If I feel like it just gets worse sometimes. Like I have to really concentrate to say the word internet. Um, I can just say it normally, internet. Yeah. But whenever I'm internet. saying it like in a sentence, I don't know. It's it's weird. You're just getting older and those old man jeans are creeping in and it's like, what's yeah. the internet? Yeah, it is. My brain can't comprehend it anymore. I was going to say it's my old man just mouth that just can't keep up with my thoughts, but I like yours. Yours better. Yeah. 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 When yeah. we were talking about earlier, you have the dad strength now too and everything. It's just slowly but surely. Yeah. It is a like it. It does feel like a real thing. I mean, because it's the same thing with moms. Like moms, like just you get that. There's like a there's a weird level of strength that, that develops whenever you become a parent. Um, I guess mm -hmm. a, a decent parent. Um, I would say like if you're yeah. if you're like carrying your baby and stuff whenever they're young and just all these things, but like. You know, my toddler now just went to the doctor last week. She's 40 pounds. I carry her all the time. Jeez. And <laughs> so, I mean. Just start like curling her. Just getting. Yeah. I mean, to have the, the stamina to be able to, to do that. Um, whenever we were down at the beach, we walked this like, I don't know. It had to be like a mile. Just we were kind of because there was this, um, there was this private resort around the like um, around one of the points and we kind of wanted to see what was over that direction. So we walked, but it was a lot further than we thought. She was a trooper getting up there, but on the way back, she was exhausted. So I had to just carry her in the heat on the sun beach, sunny beach for like half a mile and thought Jeez. I was going to die. Um, <laughs> but, but here you are, but here I am again. Even stronger now. Yeah. Even smaller um, now. Yeah. Just is what it is. Corey, how's your, uh, how's your week been? I say week. Um, it's, it's been, well, I mean, it's been, it's been a week since we recorded. It's, yeah. it's a Monday. So, I mean, it's not yeah. <laughs> work wise. How was your day? Um, easy. Um, I watched Wimbledon for a lot of the day. Um, like how it was when the masters came around. Uh, this is my like, much longer time of the year where I get really into tennis. The Masters. Okay. Like, oh, this is a four day, four day weekend where I get really into golf. And Wimbledon's like, this is the two weeks I get really into tennis. And so I watched a lot of Wimbledon today. There was a great match between uh, Coco Goff and Sophie Klein. Klein? Uh, I might be pronouncing that wrong. Phenomenal three set match between the two of them. Um, Highly recommend catching those highlights if you miss them. Yeah, I plan to because I know what all of those words are. Um, I mean, those are people. So. <laughs> and I know who. It was a big upset. I know all uh, of them. Klein, I think they said she was ranked like 120th in the world. Uh, and Coco Goff was ranked number seven. Okay. Um, and so big upset. Very interesting. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for everybody, um, I know I can hear it in my headphones occasionally. For everybody who's unaware, it uh, it's uh, the day before July 4th. 
in our um, yeah. country, also called July 3rd. Um, mm-hmm. And so people are doing fireworks. So um, if yes. you're um, not American, then d- d- disregard. If you uh, are American, then happy holidays to you and yours. Yeah. And <laughs> hope you enjoy the gift giving of a lot of barbecue and uh, sunburn and mosquito bites. Corey, did you hear that malaria is back in America again? Uh, I did not. That's unfortunate. Yeah, there are, um, I think it's, it's not a widespread thing, but there have been like five cases of malaria. Um, that's five too many. Yeah. Um, I think that that's the worry is that, well, if they're five, that means that they're mosquito, many more mosquitoes with malaria blood flying around. So yeah, I mean, but it's a thing, so that's fun. Um, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Segway, but you know, Corey, you know what is fun? Um, video games. Uh, <laughs> Move on from malaria. Let's get that out of here. I, I am I am nothing if not a chief of uh, segways. Um, so a plus for me. Um, everybody, like Paul Blart, just yeah, whoop whoop, yeah, yeah, just pivot, just boom, boom, got yeah, um, yeah, Corey. Um, we've been playing games. You've been playing games. Um, I've been playing fewer games than you have because apparently you are a monster with uh, who lives in a hyperbolic time chamber of his own making where an hour in my world is 50 years in your world and you have, so. have all the time <laughs> to do whatever you want. Um, I don't know, man. It's just that, it's just that time, that season of life right now. Yeah. Well, you, you do you, man. You, uh, you thrive. You blossom flower. Um, try it. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what you've been playing, which has been a few different things. The main thing, I mean, we've both been playing still Final Fantasy 16, still going at it. We can talk a little bit more about it. It's so good. <laughs> we, we have more thoughts. Whereas last week I had some, um, you had some, um, but now we have more. Um, but Corey leading it off today. Um, we mentioned it a little bit at the end of last week, um, but now there have been more things that have been happening. Um, the FTC uh, v. Microsoft uh, mm. dealings that have been going on the last... I don't really know what the whole schedule has been. They've had at least three, maybe four days um, yeah. in court so far. Um, and there, there's been... Like, I haven't, like, scoured stuff, but um, there has been, like, there have been a number of things that have come out about it that have been kind of interesting. One one being, like, we mentioned it at the end of last week's podcast, but that, like, Starfield very well could have been a PlayStation exclusive. What? Oh my gosh. Like so close. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's basically, I mean, if you're, if you're unfamiliar with the whole thing, you know, Microsoft has been trying to acquire um, Bethesda. Well, no, they've acquired Bethesda. They're trying to acquire Activision yes. Blizzard um, in this record, like nearly $70 billion deal um, that currently is being opposed by the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, and also like a number of other like federal government regulatory bodies in other countries Mm -hmm. have also taken issue with it for the 
for the reasons of like, you know, um, I don't really know the, the, the word, but like, you know, taking issue with Microsoft monopolizing or trying to potentially monopolize in their view, this industry, um, which is not a great thing. You know, I mean, competition, competition is better for the consumer in most cases people would say. And so the idea of, you know, Microsoft potentially buying up everybody and making everything under their umbrella is something that people are not liking. Um, so yeah, Corey, it's been this, it's been just a lot of information. Um, some of it is, some of it's kind of like revelatory. Some of it's honestly kind of a little like sad. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting thing. All right. Do you have any takeaways, Corey? Beep, 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 beep. Do you, uh, do you have anything Mm. coming out of the newsroom that is just, uh, really, really set with you? I mean, it's just one of those things where I get why Microsoft is pushing to get this deal done. You know, they have said on multiple occasions from multiple occasions from their point of view that they are they've lost the console wars. They they're like behind on first party exclusives. They're behind PlayStation and even Nintendo in a lot of the video game market. And with this, this puts them on a lot of equal footing with both of these companies and what is exclusive to their um brand of xbox yeah um i think the issue is you're taking you're not taking like general ips of a god of war or a last of us or um like horizon or there's no mario legend of zelda nothing like that you're trying to go and take call of duty um diablo games you know starfield's going well starfield going there i think is like a pretty cool thing even though I won't have that. It's just like, okay, well, this is like Xbox's game, but they're going for a lot of the big console games where most consoles, all consoles have all these games on them. And they're trying to turn those into, you can only play these games here. And I think that's a detriment to the video game market because then it's, well, the majority, I bet you, I bet if you look at the majority of PS5 owners, almost all of them, or not all of them, I would say probably 70% or more have one of like Call of Duty, like Overwatch, um, Diablo, uh, you, that brand of game in there that they're playing and have hundreds of hours in. Um, not every video game consumer is coming in to buy the newest God of War, the newest Ratchet and Clank, the newest Legend of Zelda. Some people just love like, okay, what's this newest season of Apex going to be? Yeah. What's this? What's the next Call of Duty coming? And I think Xbox and their need to catch up has kind of lost sight of like why Nintendo and PlayStation have, I don't want to say a more loyal fan base or whatnot, but they're just putting out exclusive games for the consoles that people love. It's like, this is a reason for me to buy the console. You taking Call of Duty away from me more just makes me angry because now I have to have an Xbox to play Call of Duty. <laughs> And then a PlayStation to play like a game that I want. Um, yeah. And I feel like like PlayStation and Sony, they gave Spider-Man to Insomniac and now they have 
almost there's one coming out in two months. They're going to have three incredible Spider-Man games on PlayStation. It's like looking at Xbox, like you can take these other ideas, these other brands and like use those four games. It doesn't have to be these massive billion dollar industries to now just like plug and chug, like get creative. You've done well, like look at Pentiment, look at Hi-Fi Rush. Like you clearly have good ideas in the tank. Just let them go. Yeah. But well, I get what they're trying. <clears throat> I get why they're doing it though at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, well, and that, and that's the thing. And like, that was one of the big arguments that came out um, from Sony. So, I mean, they're there. It's funny because like in these sort of dealings, a lot of things come out about just like really just kind of in the weed stuff. Like there's been a lot of, um, semi like tried to be classified but weren't classified enough documents that came out talking mm-hmm. about like how much it costs to develop horizon and the last of us part two and just all of these things like oh, you yeah. get really into the weeds about a lot of things but you know one of the things that came out was that like initially the the jim ryan sony uh, entertainment ceo like he wasn't too concerned about like them losing uh losing call of duty like he kind of just seemed ambivalent he was like ah you know if it happens we'll still have call of duty it's it's gonna be fine they're just gonna kind of do their thing and then gradually it started seeming like it kind of took over that he was like oh no this could be really bad and partially because like yeah i mean i think they released some numbers where it's like there's there are about a million active uh, PSN users who only play Call of Duty. A hundred percent of their game time yep. is Call of Duty. I mean, I have a brother-in-law. That's all he does. That's all he's done for yep. 10 years. Like, he only plays Call of Duty. Like, buys a new console, buys a PlayStation 5 to just play an updated version of Call of Duty. And it's, yep. and I mean, it's not like whenever I was in high school, I religiously played the new Call of Duty. I played Same. the new Halo. Like, you know, it was, but like, you know, yeah, there, there, there is a reason to like be potentially concerned about certain exclusives and things like that. And I think the, it's a, so the, the sad thing, I guess, that's been coming out about it is the fact that like Microsoft legitimately does I think I think it's a thing where like whenever it first whenever all of this started it seemed like Microsoft was in this power position of like we mm-hmm. have all this money we're going to get everybody we're going to come in yeah. here we're going to get all the talent we're going to do this thing and it seemed like there was a lot of confidence kind of coming out of that and legitimately it's from a place of like desperation where yeah. you know Phil Spencer's coming out and he's like yeah we Nobody wants our games. We're in third place. Like some people don't even consider Nintendo. We consider Nintendo. Nintendo's eating our chips. They're like they're All out day. here. Um All day. Yeah. And uh we're just losing. And it's like we make Halo. People kind of like the Halo, but who what else do we have? We try to do some cloud stuff. Who really wants the cloud stuff? I guess we can put Halo on your phone, but are you going to really like that? Where else can we put Halo? And that's kind of their only line of thinking. 
And I think that that's the trouble with it is, and it's weird because like, I, I like to think in my head that Xbox has, has like used to be a very different sort of company, like back in the 360 days. Cause I think about like Mm -hmm. all of the games that I played on my 360 that I really enjoyed. And it's like a lot of them were multi-party or like multi-platform. Like you could play them on PS3. The main reason nobody really played PS3 until late in the life cycle is that PS3 was kind of like, they didn't have that online infrastructure and that all of that stuff Mm -hmm. figured out. So, so Xbox really took off with cementing. Okay. Call of Duty is here. Gears of War is here, which granted Gears of War, Halo, things like that were all like exclusive. But I mean, if you played Battlefield, if you played any of these other um, like third party multiplayer games, you were playing it there because it played like ass on a Sony platform. And even still, like Xbox has a little bit of a step above that. They have, you know, better presence in those areas, more seamless, you know, kind of integrations with their online components and stuff. But like, realistically, whenever I think back, it's not like Xbox was just hitting it out of the park with all these exclusives that now they're just missing. Like you had your Fable, you had your Gears of War. Like these are all things that are still relatively present. I mean, as we're coming back, like Fable's coming out again. And it really does seem like one of the things that led to or continued to cement Sony's like just stranglehold in that market has just been there. I don't, and who knows to what extent, like how much it's Sony, how much it's studios like Insomniac or Naughty Dog or Sucker Punch who were just like what that relationship is like if they're just allowed to do their thing and Sony's just giving them the money. If Sony does have more creative oversight, who knows? But like they've really cultivated that thing. And that's kind of what Jim Ryan was getting into in some of these discussions where it's like, Hey, like we're, we invest in our first party stuff because it's like, if we can control the entire flow from the top down, like we're making games, they're by our people. We're releasing in the way that we want to, we get to control that whole narrative. When you build an entire thing where it's like, okay, well, we're just going to put everything on game pass. Well, then you, you're building a service where none of the games are yours. And so then you have a very nothing. good service though, a very good service, but it, you know, that kind of being the argument then is like, what is the, and I mean, it's, I'm talking around in circles about a lot of different things, but like, it's, it's a very interesting thing. Just having this, like looking at this is that like, you know, coming out of the Keeleys, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would argue that, that Xbox did not have like, a banger of a showcase. Like they had tons of cool stuff. Yeah. They had tons of cool stuff. And you know, it is, it's a, it's a weird thing to be, to be in this position where it's like, you kind of, on the one hand, you don't want Microsoft to be acquiring, to be monopolizing everybody to now like Bethesda's ours and Activision's ours and Double Fine's ours. And like everybody's just ours and they're all going to make Xbox stuff. And that's what we're doing. But also you can't help but kind of feel bad for Microsoft where it's like, well, if you don't just buy up everybody, how are you going to make games, I guess? Because 
it's not happening otherwise. Um, and well, I don't know. They, I mean, good. Sorry. They, they screwed themselves in the Xbox one PS4 um, era where again, when both dropped Xbox probably had a little bit more content on the Xbox one than they did on the PS4. But Sony during the end of that PlayStation three, early PS4 cycle picked up so many of these studios um, much like Xbox is doing now, but they weren't going for the big hitters. They were going for a lot of smaller companies and essentially letting them make what they want. And then if you, the back half of the PS4's lifestyle is when all of its heavy hitters came. If you look, I mean, in the last two years, I guess three years, 2018, 19, and 20, that is God of War, Spider-Man, Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, Horizon released early 2017, so you can't really put that in there. But, you know, that's five gargantuan exclusive titles for ps4 at the end of its life cycle um and you look at xbox one and they didn't really have anything through that and so playstation built all that goodwill <clears throat> for ps5 and that's why ps5 yep. has sold so well compared to this and i'm seeing we're seeing xbox acquiring all these different things and the showcase shows okay here's what's coming and i'm like i'm sitting here like okay you did you've done a lot of the acquisitions already you like the playbook was there you kind of followed it and it looks like you're coming with games and it really feels like they're almost just tripling down like you said like we're going to acquire everybody kind of because we have to but also you don't have to you've gotten a lot and you can easily just ride with what you've picked up and go from there to like really just invest in what you have because I mean, PlayStation, they go and they send their teams um, to all these different shoes. They show them how to work and like develop a game through the PS5. They like show them how um, all the software works from there and they build it from the ground up. I mean, Xbox could easily do that and send their teams there, show how games work on Xbox uh, Series X and the S, and be able to build up like games uh, from the ground up with their teams at those studios that they have acquired already. It, it feels greedy on their end because they have done so much, but I do understand their position at their end of we're in third place by a lot. Yeah. And they got, they got to make up ground somehow. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I mean, and I think it is, again, it's hard to say what the right answer is because I mean, if it comes down to like, I mean, Sony's obviously cultivated like some pretty cool stuff using their like the studios they have acquired. I mean, they have Sucker Punch, they have Naughty Dog, they have Insomniac, which granted, I mean, a number of those like I think Insomniac, for instance, was like a recent acquirement, but like they made Spyro and Ratchet and Clank for decades on Sony exclusive platforms. I mean, some of those are just relationships mm -hmm. that they built yep. for years and years and years. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it, it is a thing that it isn't to say that Microsoft can't buy up everybody and have good games coming out because that's just kind of like, it's the, it's a law 
of averages, basically. Like, yeah. you know, if you if you own every studio, you're bound to have a good game come out. Yeah. But it seems more important to be investing in the I mean, like, and I think they're on the way to because companies like Obsidian that have been making mm-hmm. stuff like, you know, they made Pentiment, they're making uh, uh the what is it? Clockwork. No, the um, the Skyrim looking thing. Oh, um, um, avowed, I know what you're talking about. avowed. That's what yes. it is. Yeah, um, they're making. You know, they're also working on the Outer Worlds too, which I think is going to yep. end up being Microsoft exclusive. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, I would be shocked if it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, but like that's a, that's a wonderful game. Outer Wilds, the first one's incredible. Yeah, um, you know. They have the studios, and it just feels like they don't see it as enough. Yeah. Whereas PlayStation like acquired their studios and saw it as enough and have reaped the rewards of investing into what they've picked up instead of just their if you follow soccer, Xbox is acting like Chelsea right now. Oh, yeah. Picking up all the players, not developing them, not really doing anything. And just like hoping that they'll find a diamond in the rough that will do all the work for them. Classic. And sorry, I had to make the analogy. <laughs> sorry, fans. Um, but I mean, it's yeah. I I don't know. It's well, and it's also like it's not like it's not like Sony doesn't have their issues, or Nintendo has their like Sony. Oh yeah, no. Sony could do to make their catalog more easily accessible. Like that's one of the big things with game pass is like the fact that I can play. And I know some of its infrastructure and some of its like limitations of the way that they built their stuff, whatever. But like, you know, the fact that I can part of the reason that I was fine getting a series S purely digital was just because like, I was like, I can, I can access a lot of this stuff through game pass. Like I don't have to dig out. Like I, I love, the physical media, but I was like, I can, I can go back and play a lot of these classics very easily through game pass. I have access to all of the things that I bought before, like old games that I can't even like play anymore. I mean, there are games that are the equivalent of that, that I had like on PS3 that like, who, how am I going to play it? Like there are plenty of games that were, that are just lost to the PS3 and you know, they're starting to get better, but that's their big thing. It's like they, they come out with heavy hitters, but whenever it comes to their like their friendliness toward backwards compatibility and like alternate ways of playing beyond just like buy this big $70 game and like just, you know, do this thing, like, you know, they're they're struggling in that way. It's just they're yep. struggling in a way that is like less apparent potentially depending on who you are um i would yeah i would say playstation's very anti uh like very not consumer friendly they're very much pay the 70 dollars or eat rocks yeah. on everything and we if it's a really good game don't expect to see a deal on it for at least a year now if it's a crappy game looking at you for spoken uh, you can get it for 30 bucks right now but we won't for put spoken? it on our subscription 30 bucks yeah what I think it's 30, might be 35. Um, I saw in like uh, the summer deals or whatever, it was like 50% off already. I'm like, yeesh. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, I'd play it if you put it on the subscription. Like I would. 
I wouldn't play all of it, or I might. I don't know, but I'm not paying for it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair, though, I mean, they are like. I mean, I know it's a it's a pain to try and navigate. Like, what's the difference between PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus Ultimate and, and like all that kind of stuff? Month? Um, yeah, I mean, like you know, that's a nightmare and horrible, and they shouldn't have made that decision. But like, nope. they it should just be. Either you have it or you don't. Yeah, they are they are kind of making some of those moves, which I mean, and also too, like you know, one step forward, one one step back, one half back. I, who knows? Like, but like they're they're also just weird with the versions again, where it's like you know, I got to bring up City Skylines once an episode. Like, you can access City Skylines the PlayStation Four edition for free through PlayStation extra but it plays like ass so if you want the city skylines remastered edition you have to buy it tetris Mm. effect you can play the playstation 4 version through the service you want to play the playstation 5 version pay 40 bucks like it's like like, what's the difference and why why not just make it all (laughs) the same thing so like yeah i mean there's there's a lot of stuff there and then nintendo you know, like they got their oh, own stuff. It's not even getting, um, it's not getting into that. But we yeah, could be here all day. Um, yeah, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to, to like bring it up a little bit, just because it, it's, it's always interesting to kind of get a glimpse into the industry, like kind of mm-hmm. behind the curtain, see what's up, and yeah, it's just a, it's a fascinating thing. You know, I do hope for this. I mean, for everybody's sake, I hope you know Microsoft, regardless of what happens. I hope the outcome is that Microsoft just makes like really invests in their companies to let them be the best version of themselves. Let Obsidian be the best Obsidian. Let Bethesda be the best of Bethesda. Like, you know, invest in them. If you're going to buy them, invest in them. Let them make cool stuff so that everybody can benefit. Don't lock them down and make them make Starfield colon Gears of War the future 10. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe it'd be cool. I don't know. But um, yeah, Corey, um, on to what we've been playing because yes. we've also been playing stuff. Um, do you want to, since, since we've both, both been playing Final Fantasy 16, we have a lot of stuff to talk about there. Do you want to lead off with the kind of like small things that you've been playing just to kind yeah, of, so I they don't get to. lost? I, w- I would love to. Um, so I'll go ahead and talk about, I played two uh, different games this week. Um, I'll talk about one that I played today just, uh, while it's fresh. I checked out the Pikmin 4 demo. Yeah, you did. Um, I feel like, um, we've dunked on Pikmin 4 a lot. Um, uh, also. Have, have, for, we, have we dunked on, I don't feel like I've I even have. talked I about have. Pikmin 4. I've dunked on it. Um, <laughs> In your the, head or on this podcast? Because I don't, I don't remember this. Post. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, before, uh, to people who just exclusively play Call of Duty and listen to this, not dunking on you, like we've always said, life is hectic. Don't let your hobbies be. If that's what you enjoy, praise you for it. Yeah. Moving on. Pikmin 4. Um, checked out the demo and I went in very skeptical because I'm just like, Olimar, that I only like reference I have to Olimar is Smash. Yeah. Yeah. And in my opinion, he sucks. Um, <laughs> A lot. Uh, he's not a good character, but there's plenty of people who play Smash that made all Lamar and 
I've kicked my teeth in. So who am I to judge? Well, and also to be uh, fair, I mean, when you're going like fisticuffs with, I mean, Ganondorf, Bayonetta, uh, Sephiroth. I mean, Captain Falcon. Yeah. How can you, how can you hold up? Like you're, you're just a small man in a spacesuit. Like that's no, no shame. Olimar. It's just, you know, you're in a different league. Yes. Um, so I checked it out and the game opens with you playing as Olimar. Um, and it kind of teaches you how to use your Pikmin, how to get around riding on your dog, like how to do X, Y, and Z, do a small little boss fight. It's a very good tutorial of oh sorry a little indigestion oh yeah um but uh it's a good tutorial showing kind of like i guess what it would be at the peak of your powers how most games like they'll open is like here's where you will be at the end of the game with everything that you have um now that you have seen that we're going to take it all away um and so the end of the tutorial um I guess this is spoilery, not spoilery. Go put the tutorial if you're wanting. If you don't want Pikmin 4, skip five minutes into the future. Um, it, uh, it jumps forward. Well, at the end, sorry. You get a radio a signal. Uh, you call your rescue team because it, sh- it opens with you've been trapped on Earth. You call your rescue team in. Plot twist, your rescue team also crashes. Oh, gosh. And so then they call in the emergency rescue team, which is you. And you make your own Olimar. Um, oh, okay. You make a version of you. Okay. So I made a small little like pink haired green suited man who looks really sad. Um, <laughs> because he's like, I just graduated rookie, cl- rookie school yep. for rescuing and I'm on my way to save the greatest Olimar. Um, and so then from there, the game opens where you get to play as him. You find a couple of people on the crew. You find your own small dog. Um, and it's kind of teaching you the basics of like getting around what you need to do. Oh, we need to be able to power our ship again. So we need shiny things. Here's how you get shiny things. Uh, here's what you're going to do with them. Here's how many you need to repair your ship, so on and so forth. That's about as far as I got in. Um, overall, I thought from a game design perspective, it was very well designed. Like I get, to an extent, the idea of what Pikmin has been and why, like, it's loyal, like, supporters are so loyal. I just felt like a four-year-old playing the whole time, not due to, like, the graphics or the the story or, like, the aesthetics and vibes of the game. It's just the there is so much text and so much explaining of what you should be doing in these moments that I'm just, like, Please just let me play it. I would love not to have to walk five steps and one of these crew members to turn around. So did you know that you can do and me being like, shut up, Stephanie, I will throw you through this wall. <laughs> I am. I am done. Um, so that, that just graded me a lot. I might play a little bit more of it, um, but I checked it out. It, I don't know if it's for me. If I'm being like fully honest, I really don't think it is, but I appreciate like what it is. I get like in that beginning, I'm like, okay, I think I, I get what Pikmin is yeah, and it, it's kind of cool, but I just don't know if it's for me. Yeah. Sorry to Pikmin lovers. Um, at least from what I've heard. So I'm not, I've never 
played a Pikmin. I've played things. If you remember, I haven't either. If you remember last year, one of my favorite games of last year, uh, Tinykin. Um, very, yeah. very much a Pikmin-like game. I think my main thing with Pikmin has always been the aesthetic. Like, I've just never loved the vibe so much. Whereas, like, Tinykin had, like, a very different... It was, like, bright colors and more kind of, like, a cartoony aesthetic. Um, you know, in Pikmin, you are kind of, like, in a little person in a big world of like real world looking things. Um, it's just a, it's a different kind of vibe. Um, from what I've heard, the Pikmin 4 demo like is from people who have played Pikmin. They're very like they've said during the demo, like it starts off very accessible in a way that other Pikmin games usually aren't. So it sounds like it's okay. taking a lot of care to explain that to you. Whereas like Pikmin games in the past maybe haven't so much, but apparently like after you get out of okay. the introduction, it feels like a traditional Pikmin game. So it feels gotcha. like once the demo gets going, like people who have played Pikmin seem really excited about it because they're really enjoying it there. It seems like it's doing, it's hitting all the right notes. So it seems like if you're, if you're into Pikmin or you're looking to pick up Pikmin, this is going to be a really good thing. And I, I mean, I probably will just because like I had a great time with tiny Ken. I've never gotten into Pikmin games before. It'd be a good opportunity. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's always one of the, it's always one of the tough things whenever you're playing like a Nintendo game. Uh, is that it like some of them do start out that way very ex like they can be very deep very meaningful adventures but they also like can really over explain a lot and it can be kind mm -hmm. of a slog for the first little while and that's just kind of it's kind of what it is and yep. <laughs> you know and it sounds like it sounds like that's kind of the direction but it also sounds like it's once it gets going it gets it gets good so We'll see. I'll probably play. I'll probably finish the demo um, by the time we record next week's episode. Um, but that's just my initial impression of it. Uh, I'm like you. Yeah, I kind of want to see more, but I, I want to give it a fair shake. Just right now, I'm like, I don't know if it's for me. So that's Pikmin. Okay. Um, okay. I did check out another game. Uh, it's called Hundred Days. It is a winemaking simulator. Yeah. Um, you were texting me about this. Yes. You were like, let's go. This game goes hard, yes. boy. And I was like, yeah. No. You were like, yeah. No. <laughs> I was texting you about that with Final Fantasy 16. Um, but no, 100 Days does go kind of hard. Um, it is, as in, it is a hard game. Oh. Um, it is... Uh, you, I started with the story mode where you are, you start out in an office, a la Stardew Valley. Mm. You get a letter in the mail from an old man, a la Stardew Valley. I've given you this plot of land in Piedmont. Uh, I need you to, you inherit my winery. Please go and run it, a la Stardew Valley. Mm. And um, that's where the similarities kind of end. Okay. Um, where you... Play this woman named Emma who takes over this winery in Piedmont, Italy. Um, slash France. France. Mm. Um, it's right there on the border. Um, I played too much Crusader Kings 3, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it France. all blends it's together. Italy. What is I'm Europe? Sorry. If not just 
a, a town, a single town, basically. Okay. We might get hate mail for that. Um, <laughs> uh, but essentially the game, uh, the mechanics of the game is you have a plot of land. Um, and it's like this little box and it's on an eight day, four season cycle. So each season's uh, eight days. Um, and you, it teaches you how to play, play the game of openings. Like, okay. You have to weed the land. And so when you put down a weed tile, like a weeding tile, it takes up like three rows, like a one, two, or it's like a four, three, two, one pyramid of your like 10 by 10 box that you can like place cards in to do things. So you'll wheat, like you'll take out the weeds of the land, then you'll plant grapes, you'll harvest your grapes. Um, then you'll like process uh, it into wine, bottle it, so on and, and then like store it. And it's each of these tiles like take up an X amount on your board to play. And so the game essentially walks you through is like, okay, here's how you essentially make a bottle of wine. And it gets really in deep to it. It's like, okay, here's like, if you pull it too early, your grapes too early, you're going to have less body. Uh, if you pull it too late, you'll have more body, but probably less tannins. And it gets into like, at, like a lot of wine jargon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I don't know a lot about wine, um, but I, I, I know a little about wine. You know what you now, like. like. This is, uh, I mean, sort of. Um, <laughs> I've been experimenting a lot. Um, and it, it's a lot of wine jargon that if you know it, you're like, okay, I kind of, I get what I'm doing here to an extent. Um, it is a video game, but it's like, here's essentially the combination of like tiles, timing, and everything that's going to grant you X or it'll grant you Y or Z. Um, and throughout the game, you're trying to, especially in story mode, you have people coming, coming to talk to you. You're like, oh, you're taking over this winery. Come, like, come, uh, let's sit down. Let's do lunch. I'll write about you in my newspaper. This guy's coming, like this wine expert. I'm going to help you, like, out here, X, Y, Z. Um, but the name of the game is, like, you want to make a good wine. Yeah. And so, but to do that, you have to make money. And it gets into the weeds here of where I found the ui on playstation very confusing i could see on pc it would be very easy to navigate but navigating on console i found very difficult um so if you're wanting to check it out i'd recommend if you have a pc computer setup it would probably run fine on just a macbook um but i was playing on ps5 um ran fine i just like it was hard to navigate like to trying to do what i want to do and i missed some stuff all that's to say it throughout it's okay. You need to like expand your plot of land that way you can place down more tiles of things to do because you get a game over. If you run out of money, I got a game over within like the fourth year, I think maybe the fifth year because I ran out of money Um, because you constantly need to like have wine and stock because when it comes to like when you harvest, um, you know, produce bottle and all that. It's going to give you, this is how much you got. And then you have to, you can prepare your fields during like the fall and winter by like pruning, doing more weeding. Um, there's a couple of other tile tiles you can place down to essentially improve your harvest for next. 
but by doing so, you're not going to be able to bottle as early. And so you're going to run, you're going to have a higher quality wine that's going to be more expensive, but you might not be able to sell more of it um, compared to if you just went for it, you might have a less quality wine, but you could sell a lot more of it. And it gets into like a, a lot of what I like of these style of games of like this micromanaging of your resources. And it's like, okay, what I'm really going to go for here. I learned it a little too, too late in this. And it's like, okay, I need to like increase my plot of land, but also I really need to like make my main wine house like a little bit better. That way uh, I can install better technology into it and like hire better people. And also I need more, uh, I need a bigger shed. That way I can have like more uh, harvesting supplies and like more like field working supplies. And it's a lot of stuff like this. of like, how am I managing my resources to like one, make a better wine, but two, like, keep myself from going under yeah um and i really dug it i want to play more of it uh, i just i was i can't i need to like play this like on a macbook or some somewhere where i can like click on the thing yeah because they're like i could never like click on the your plot of land to make it bigger or to do things to it i found a workaround uh, through reddit shout out to reddit of like here's like the button combination you have to press that it never teaches you what uh, to do. And so I was struggling with like this small plot of land. And from what I understand is like once after that tutorial year, because you have a tutorial first year, it's like you really have to like get that as big as you can because like you need to have bottles of wine because you're getting orders constantly. Like even if you don't have any wine is you'll get a message like you have five new orders and you can't fulfill them. All right, whatever. I'm not coming back then because you don't have any wine to sell them. All this is to say, I didn't, I really enjoyed it. I need to play it on a different version of it. Uh, it is free on PlayStation, so check it out if you're particularly interested. Um, just know you will have a bit of struggle kind of mapping what, what you're going to do, but it gets into it. You can grow different grapes, um, different styles of bottles. Um, you can design your own like um, bottling uh, like logo that's going to go on each bottle. X Y Z. There's a whole story to it. You can also just free wheel it either in Piedmont or Napa. Um, are your two locations? I was looking through Reddit. There, there looks like they're going to do a couple more locations as well, where like different grapes grow in different spots. Um, but yeah, hundred days. Pretty cool. I'll probably keep playing it. it. Might be my new cozy game because it is a very cozy game. Um, CK three might take a bit of a back burner. Yeah, it. Um, I also downloaded it. Have not played it yet. Um, it's definitely like. Um, it looks like it has like in the seventy five to seventy eight range reviews. Yep. People talk about. Um. So, you know, good. It seems like it's very, like, I was browsing through some Steam reviews, and it's very, like, as a game, it can be hit or miss. Like, it's fun and can be interesting, but also, like, some of the story is bland and some of it's unintuitive or whatever or doesn't, like, tell me a lot. But apparently, like, just looked at a bunch of reviews from people who are like, yeah, I have a Ventology degree. I own a winery and this is the most accurate depiction of wine in a game ever. Oh, like <laughs> it gets into the mechanics of it so 
enough to where I'm like, okay, they definitely talked. They clearly talked to people who knew what they were doing yeah. because it gets into so much of like, I, there's the jargon of it, but during the story, it's like she, you as Emma's like, wait, why am I doing this? And they get into like the like real details of like here is why you're going to prune all of this here. Um, and this is like the scientific, it like, the like natural scientific process of what's happening yeah. of you pruning these vines and you want to uh, prune it or it's like you also want to harvest under like these moons and it goes into like the moon cycle and it's like when to like the moon cycles guided um, farmers for thousands of years like that knows more than we ever will uh, the best time to harvest like these type of grapes is under this moon and under these type of grapes is under this moon and it goes into like why it does that. And then you're just reading like the science behind it. Yep. And just like, I don't know if this is total BS, but just going off of what you were saying of the reviews would not shock me if they'd like pulled in a couple of experts to like, just walk us through what this is. Yeah. It is a bit of a love letter in its language and in its, um, speak to you of wine. I, you can definitely feel that. Uh, I agree. The story, a little bland. And I think the mechanics, while straightforward on console, I found a bit confusing. I, could, I knew what I needed to do. I just couldn't figure out how to do it. And because I was so early on in my playthrough, I'm like, oh, it just hasn't really taught me yet because I'm still learning a lot of things. And no, it, it, I needed to do something and it just didn't happen. Interesting. So yeah, my, wine, my, my vineyard went under. I went bankrupt. Oh, gosh. Corey. And you're a failure. Get back to corporate life. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry, old man. I, um, yeah, I'll probably check it out. I mean, it, it gives off big, like strategy games, civilization board game energy. So, um, so yeah, 100%. all about it. Um, I'm here for it. Uh, I can, I can be there. Um, so I'll probably, uh, check it out at some point. Do it. Yeah. Um, but then, Corey, there's the other stuff. Um, namely, uh, Final Fantasy 16, the only stuff <laughs> you need. Um, guttural <laughs> screeches from from the background. Corey, how do you how have you enjoyed Final Fantasy 16? Are you like relatively neutral on it? Tell me tell me how you're feeling right now. Oh my gosh, Chris, this, so I talked about it like two weeks ago. I was like, I don't know if I want anything to past tears of the kingdom. Um, this might have, okay. um, I will stay, I will still say like, okay, tears of the kingdom is from a mechanical and gameplay standpoint, probably one of the best games I've ever played. If not the best game I've ever played. Um, I, that's not a question. But in terms of the absolute highs I have had in my gaming experience, there might not be anything that touches what Final Fantasy 16 is doing and its like biggest moments. Okay. Where I am visually awestruck from a pure fight, like these boss fights, I am so in i am so hype it's 
the things that I am seeing on screen are blowing my mind. The things I'm doing on screen are blowing my mind. Um, that being said, a lot of it is quick time events at some of the, like the greatest parts. Um, but the fact that like, you're still like pressing buttons and doing things like through it is incredible. Um, so my thoughts are the game goes so hard and I have like had my jaw on the ground so many times, like sat forward on the couch, just like with my, like, Oh, just like, this is so cool. It, I mean, it's giant, like Red Bull, like energy, just like. I can't believe what's happening. And you were near. I've texted you, I think, on two separate occasions of like moments that I've just been like, I can't believe what I've just done yeah. in this game. Uh, and you are near one of them. Um, for anyone who has finished Final Fantasy 16, I am talking about um, Drake's Fang, um, that sequence. And. Um, the uh the dominion um sequence gotcha um, without, don't want to spoil it more than there but <laughs> it it's it's just so good Chris. yeah it's just so good well and it's part of i mean a lot of me wanting to be like a musician and be a writer to some extent, whenever I was younger, came to Final Fantasy. Like, I mean, that was my entire, like, that was a lot of what cemented in me wanting, like, strong narratives in games is like, you mm-hmm. know, Final Fantasy could be all over the place and really, like, not anchored in the same way that maybe, like, because, I mean, it has it has that Japanese bent. It leans more toward, like, you know, what you would expect from an anime or something from that presentation as opposed to, like, more grounded, gritty Western stories. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, that really influenced me growing up. And and I think that's one of the big hallmark things with Final Fantasy is, like, getting that sense. Like, feeling... Because, like, I have very specific memories of sequences from, like, Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy VII, and just all of these, like, times where it was just like, man, this is, the music is swelling, the characters are just, like, going in a way that's like, I don't feel like I have seen emotion represented on screen in a way, in any form like this. And it definitely has the the core components of that, where it's like, yeah, legitimately, I mean, there's there's a fight very early in the game like it just a very standard kind of like semi boss fight where it's just and i mentioned it last week like the combination of the character interactions the music hitting whenever it does it's like it just makes you it makes you want to get up and shout and throw things because it's just so hype and that i mean at least at least from my perspective like keeps going like it keeps on like i mean final fantasy 16 i feel like it it has 
a few faults in the fact that it's like, I wish there was more RPG stuff. I wish there was more meaningful like vendor stuff. I don't feel like it. There's, I feel like some of the, some of the time you kind of like breeze through very small, like towns for almost no reason where it's like, I feel like yes. in Final Fantasy games, a lot of times, like I loved coming to a new town because it was like, ah, all the cool stuff that's going to happen here, all of the new items I'm going to find the, oh, my guys are going to get super like they're going to have a huge bump in damage. Yeah, I'm going to is going to be great. And it's like I walk into a town is like the dude's selling the same one sword that every other merchant yep. is. He's selling potions and high potions. And that's pretty much it. And I already have plenty of those to the point where it's like, whenever I pick them up, they're just being auto used because I can't store yep. anymore. And it's like, and then they're like, okay, we're out of here. We're got move on. And it's like, yep. What was the point? Why, why even have it? Why, why is this even? And so like, there's some of that, like the game feels to me a lot more like the experience that I would have with something like devil may cry where, yeah. I mean, that was very much because that that's very much how like devil may cry's vendors quote unquote are where it's like, yeah, I mean, you're unlocking, you're using the, that vendor network to unlock new skills and do those kind of things. You can't do that um, necessarily on the fly um, the way that you can in Final Fantasy 16. But it's like, really, they're not selling any cool items or new like no. swords. It's just like they're selling you the basics. <laughs> they're selling you just yep. like the absolute basics. And so there's no like there's a lot less excitement in that. Um, so, so I mean, that's kind of like, that's kind of where that's, um, the, the, that's kind of a bummer. It's just like the lack of that. It does make me feel a little bit less invested in some of those like ancillary locations that are less like story, yeah. like that have less story focused, which is a little bit, of a bummer and it feels like some of the areas are less memorable as a result. But yeah, I mean, it does really lean into having some incredibly cool moments. The combat continues to open up. Um, I think that was one of my worries early on was that like, you know, whenever you're again, like no spoilers, but like you're limited in what you're able to do. Like, you know, Clive, kind of leans leads off with like a core couple of moves. Like you can do a bunch of hits with a sword. You can do a little bit of magic and then he has a couple of special moves and it feels like you're kind of rotating between that pretty, like you got that rotation down pretty quickly. Um, but it, it opens up like gradually, but it does open up and then it keeps opening up and then it keeps opening up and you have more and more options on how to proceed. Um, and so like, it does really kind of allow you to kind of tailor it and customize it in a, in a, in a way that fits you. Um, so I'm enjoying Like I'm enjoying the gameplay of it. I'm really enjoying the story. I'm interested in where it goes. Um, which is, um, again, I haven't ever been shy about mentioning it, but like Final Fantasy 15 was kind of a mess in that regard. Like, Really enjoyed mm-hmm. playing it, but that was the only thing that kept me playing it. I did not care about what was happening in the story. I don't even remember what happens in Final Fantasy 15 because, like, 
I mean, part of that was the development. Like it was, it's, it's notable or it's, it's people have very commonly like regarded it as being kind of a mess narratively because it's jumping all over the place is doing weird things. There are a lot of lines that are not connecting and stuff. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was one of the biggest bummers with Final Fantasy 15 was just not having any sort of interest in the story. And the fact that like Final Fantasy 16 is really keeping me engaged throughout is really nice. So. Yes. No. And I mean, I agree with basically everything you just said. I mean, Final Fantasy 16 so far, it is a very narrative or a very curated narrative experience. Yep. Like, it builds well, so well to these incredibly epic moments as you're fighting through these hordes of enemies. It's laying like fairly solid story framework throughout a lot of it too. Of like, wait, why are these enemies here? And like, it it reveals later on why they're there, but it it crescendos excellently every single time. Like, it knows it wants you to have fun. It knows what you're going to enjoy. And it tees it up and like hits it out of the park every single time in this main narrative, perfectly curated. And I can take a step back and be like, okay, this makes for a very great experience. Doesn't always make for a very great game. And I do think it is a very, very good game with a great narrative and a great set of set piece sequences that are un. No one else is doing it to what they're doing. But yeah, RPG elements, non-existent. These small towns, like you said, basically carbon copies. It's a very familiar rhythm as you go through the game of like, go to this town, do a couple of these things, get the seal, move on. That that just kind of rents and repeats throughout. Um, and sorry if we're getting a little spoilery for people who might not be as far. Um, just it is very worth it to obviously keep going um i but a couple of things that i think we missed out on i really love the character jill yeah, um, you do yeah. have a most people have been like oh you don't have a party like, you fully have a party you just have no say in what they're doing or their equipment or anything right. like that um you have torgal who you do command uh love torgal best boy and uh, Jill, who is with you for, I would say, like 80 to 85% of all your missions. And I think she's an incredible, like, um, side, not side character. She's a main character, but like companion to have throughout. I think she balances Clive incredibly well. Love Clive. Um, and I love their, I love that it's very much a relationship that everyone's just like, that you as a person playing, this is my opinion, and all the players are like, oh yeah, there are a couple. There is like there's a romance story that we get to see behind the scenes a little bit. But everyone's just like, yep, they're together. There is no, it is a it's not really a will they want they kind of a thing. Everyone's just yeah. like, it's just like those are that's them. We yep. love them. Yep. Like that they, they run this, like, keep doing your thing, guys. And um I really appreciate that a game is just like, yep, two dudes in the, two, two people in their thirties. They they were separated for a long time. They're they're back and yeah, they're together. Deal with it. They're, yeah. they're, when did that happen? Don't worry about it. <laughs> and um, I just I don't know. I think that's fun where they're just like 
yes, this is a thing, but it's not the main point of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but man, I, again, I love it. It gets me out of my seat. It knows, it knows how to have fun. It knows how to have so much fun. And that might be my favorite thing about it. It's just like it revels in the enjoyment and the excitement it's bringing with basically everything it's doing. Yeah. 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 It's, um, well, in, you know, and I have no perspective having, um, you know, not played Final Fantasy 14, but, you know, uh, Yoshitaka is very highly revered. Um, I mean, he yeah. heads up Final Fantasy 14. He's, he's been, I don't know, his might be director, might be producer, but he's high up on Final Fantasy 16. And yeah, I mean, that's the, it seems like there is a very just kind of beloved uh, touch that he's presenting. And there's also like, you can tell some of the MMO stuff too, where it is like, there are a number of just like fetchy moments where it's just like, Hey, go over here, give this guy this thing. Yeah. Come back over here. Like, you know, it's very, yeah, so much um, of that. it's very, you know, there, there are plenty of side quests that are just like super filler. There, there are plenty of like main quests that are just kind of in down moments where it's like you had this huge high. Well, now, you know, hope you hope you enjoy like a solid 15 to 30 minutes of just running around and giving people stuff because well, that's what we're going to give you. For, you're, for you're, you're near one where I think it's like after like this main thing, I think it, the main quest is just killing time is what it's called. I'm like. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. And some of that's weird, but I mean, you also, I mean, it's, it's part of, it's part of narrative is you gotta, you gotta, you go up high, you gotta come back down low so you can go up high again. It's just what it is. Um, can't yeah. just, can't just be going up and up and up and up forever. That's oh, not no, sustainable. No, no You'll I have a heart attack. I really, I appreciate the quiet moments and the side quests do get much. The, the main side quests get much better as the game goes. Like, yep. There's the random little side quests where, yeah, it's a lot of fetch, but then there's the side quests that you get from like characters you've been with through the majority of the story that they start offering uh, quests to you. And those are very good. Yeah. I, will, I will say the ones that's a good indicator is that the ones, the side quests, because side quests have like a green uh, icon or exclamation mark. Um, but the ones that you see that have like a plus symbol, on them yeah. they're they're usually the ones that like for one they give you something meaningful like they'll yes. in a lot of cases they're unlocking something cool or they're like giving you a boost of something it's not just like they're giving you gold or experience yep. they're giving you actually something meaningful but also too they're typically like they have a chunkier like story beat to them that's kind of yes. like telling you something about the character and kind of, um, so there's more. So, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're don't want to touch, if you only kind of want to look for meaningful stuff, just look for any of the plus symbol ones, which don't come until a little bit later, but, um, yeah, once you start seeing those hit those up, you'll be fine. So. Yeah. 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 Sweet. Corey. Um, are you, are you going to stick it out? Are you going to finish Final Fantasy 16? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, I don't know. I have to ask. I don't know. Yes, absolutely. I so, sometimes you don't finish like, stuff. I don't know. 
Fair, but I mean, there's no way. <laughs> I'm also like, I am very much near the end. Um, without giving away anything to you or anyone else, it, it does that thing where what games do where it's just like, yeah, you're almost there kind of yeah. a thing. No, with text, yeah, I haven't gotten the like, hey, this is like, the path of no return. Is, yeah, but it, it's given me a, a world state where okay. I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're there. Yeah. The world um, is on fire. No place exists anymore except this one place. You have to be here forever. Yeah, it's not, it's not like the, the Elden Ring, like, cindering kind yeah. of thing. It's, it's yeah. nothing like that, but it, it, there, was enough of a, there was enough of a sign right now where it's just like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, in, the, you're in the home stretch. Okay, okay. I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, get excited, because we'll probably have a spoiler cast whenever we're finished we're, up. We have to have um, a spoiler cast. We yeah. have to have a spoiler cast. Um, fortunately, we still, I mean, that's the thing. It's July now. I've been playing, I mean, I've played some Street Fighter VI. Um, I've mm-hmm. played a little bit of a couple other things, but like by and large, last two months, it's been Legend of Zelda. It's been Final Fantasy XVI. It's been yeah. like, and that's, no, it's I, amazing. I, it is amazing. I was updating my uh, goatee list for mm-hmm. this year. Uh, and I went through, I'm like, I have nine on here. But I'm like, two of these really three of these they won't even be there at the end i might really have six on here okay which ones aren't going to be there at the end um i'm gonna say um humanity okay i have that on here okay um i have chia on here i like chia Chia a lot um but i don't think i'll make it at the end and i have a chained echoes uh, which I still don't know if we're technically counting that or not. So that's why also it just might not be there. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, there, I know you, you there are no like rules. I played it last year. I mean, I, it was yeah. on my list for last year. So that's, that's, but I didn't really play and finish it till like this year is my well, whole thing. Well, I didn't really and it was, play uh Yakuza Kiwami until this year, but yeah, but this, it came <laughs> out like a week before 2023. <laughs> so, okay. You do you, man. Um, yeah, I I also haven't played like a ton, a ton of um, things, but there's gonna be there's gonna be plenty, um, plenty well, of stuff coming out. Diablo Four soon. Yeah. Um, there's Starfield. There's Baldur's Gate Three, which also got bumped slash delayed. Yeah, it's a it's a funny turn of events. So Baldur's Gate Three, which was originally coming out end of August on PC. Where because it's competing with Starfield, um, yeah. in certain areas, um, and was within like a two week window of Starfield, they bumped it on PC up a month to kind of get out of yeah. that window. So there's like a month buffer between that and Starfield, but they delayed it a week on PlayStation. So if you are a so if so you it are peace with Starfield now, if you yeah if you have access to both, um, then yeah. It like myself, really like it, it's honestly. a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Where it's like now it's competing where it's like it's within days of Starfield. These games that are supposed to be multi hundred hour experiences. So it's like, did you, I think I just send it to you. What they what they announced that there's over a hundred and seventy hours of cutscenes. Yeah, there's like um, three times the length of all of the Lord of the Rings movies like combined. Yeah. Which I've seen people like, say like. 
say they feel like that is a detractor. That is an, but in like, my mind, that's a that's a okay. If you want to do absolutely positively everything, this is what you'll get. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a different. It is a different flex, quote unquote, than we have four hundred hours of content because like what that says whenever you say it's going to take you like when dead or dying light 2 said it's going to take you 500 hours to play everything in this game what that tells me is there's a lot of bloat and you're just like padding the world out with a lot of useless stuff whenever you say we have 170 hours of pure cutscenes, that doesn't tell me anything about the quality of like the game Mm -mm. that just means like maybe you have a lot of cutscenes for one maybe there are a lot of paths you can go (laughs) it doesn't say it's a dnd adventure right it doesn't say and so like that's that's my thing it doesn't worry me that they have that because realistically i will see a 20th of those cutscenes um if we're lucky and uh yeah then we'll we'll call it a day is what is what it'll be. Well, the impression that I have of Baldur's Gate 3 is, and this is what they said, like they are trying to make a genuine, like D, not curate a D&D experience. Like this is just D&D, but yep. in a virtual, like in this space. Yeah. And so, yeah, we have 170 hours of cutscenes, but like the chances of you've seen that all in one playthrough are slim to none. This yep. is a game that, probably ask for multiple playthroughs and especially also concerning that it has a capstone level of 12 is what i've seen to start i'm like well dnd goes to 20 so that means either one they're going to up the capstone in you know a couple months or they have like massive dlcs planned as well but they have 12 classes 46 subclasses like all that i'm like yeah this is a game that you will play through Probably on several, I will play through on like several occasions, not all the way through by any means, but just like, let me go test out this class. And I bet if I do this class, I'll have a bit of a different start, which is going to be a different cutscene, And I'll have like different access to different party members earlier, X, Y, Z, things like that. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I see that 170 hours of cutscenes. I'm like, okay, well, I bet in one playthrough is probably only like 15 to 20. And that probably is a lot of overlap and side quest X, Y, Z is going to be what's going to like pad that up. Yeah. Um, for perspective, Corey, um, cause I was trying to get like, what's a standard maybe, um, God of War Ragnarok, uh, had a runtime of around 40 ish hours on average, um, about yeah. four hours of cutscenes. Um, Jeez. so, you know, which, yeah. I imagine is kind of a lot, but I mean, even if you take that statistic of like, it's about 10% of what you would expect playtime to be, to be like cutscenes. I mean, that would put Baldur's Gate three close to like 2000 hours um, of like actual, like if you, (laughs) you saw everything, um, which is a lot of a game. Yeah. And so that's it's, a game. Putting it lightly. It's a beefy boy. Um that is a chongus. Yeah. Um 
but we'll see how it is on uh, what's it now? September like the third, September sixth, August third, and September sixth. Okay. Yeah, that and Starfield. Yeah, coming out right together. Yeah. Better get ready. That and October, and because October is. Spider-Man 2 Spider. and Alan mm. Wake 2 and Assassin's Mario. Creed Mirage all yep. Mario Wonder Wonder all like in Arm- the same Armor Core 6 Yeah that's in August though I yep. think so I think it, that's August there. 31st uh, I think it's the same day as Baldur I think it was the same day as Baldur Gates three initial release Baldur gates um but i saw that they released a gameplay trailer of that today i uh-huh. think oh yeah uh, i didn't watch it though august 25th is okay Armored so a week, six. a week before that yeah um yeah i don't know i'm uh who knows Corey? do you have anything else to talk about today uh, not today. No, no, Nothing. no, no. Okay. Um, well, everybody, that's been an episode. Um, hopefully yes. next time I, um, will have played something else. I've, uh, I've downloaded a lot of things. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff out, uh, Rogue Legacy 2 now on PlayStation. I'm very excited yes. about that. Mm-hmm. going to play some of that at some point. Um, who knows? Maybe play something else. Um, my daughter loves, uh, Kirby. In the Forgotten Lands, so I do still play that some. Um, Animal Crossing, as you should, also still play that some. So um, for that same reason, so you know, still even even if it's not a even if it's not anything new, I'm still hitting it with the hitting it with the oldies. So um, mm. yeah, yeah, Corey. Um, next week, who even knows? More Final Fantasy 16, probably a Return of the Kingdom minutes. Yep. Um, yep. That's my guess. Yep. Yep. Um, which I, I have played a bit more, but I'll just save it for next week. Yeah. And um, who knows? There'll probably be more news somewhere. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there will. Always is. Um, Corey, where can people find you on the internet if they want to find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me over on Instagram at um, hash slinging thrasher or on Twitter at stay thrashy, but always. I guess maybe always follow our Twitter account at arcade underscore cozy. There's the whole like tweet limit thing right now. So I don't know. You might not even have Twitter anymore. Yeah. Speaking of, I am, I am so, I'm very much out of like my social media era. I think, I think I'm getting very just, I don't know. I I was telling my wife earlier, like I'm very much kind of like, starting to get a little insular where it's like, man, I kind of just want to like reconnect with people that I know and like yeah. not be so performative on the internet. So, um, so yeah, I get it. A lot of people are feeling that way. It's a lot of just a lot of social media burnout, a lot of just kind of yeah. what's next. What are we going to do next? Who knows? Um, but yeah. yeah, in the meantime, you can find me at four point pixel on Instagram. So this one, Joe on Twitter, who knows what'll happen. Um, with that, um, as long as your rate limits not exceeded, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the um, you can follow us as well on arcade cozy at gmail or on Instagram and email us arcade cozy gmail.com. Um, Johnny be good 89, 
He's on Instagram. Uh, go check him out. He does cool stuff. Um, but yeah, Corey, until next week, this has been Arcade Cozy. Life is hectic. Why should your hobbies be too? Ooh, yeah. Ho. He goes so hard. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah.